Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news, and we also have some protect your neck news. Then we will talk about a troubling story about how police in Detroit use facial recognition software to arrest an innocent man. And finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from Business Insider. The YouTube channel EV Network uploaded a video of Tesla's autopilot software being unable to distinguish a stop sign from a sign for fast food restaurant Burger King. In the video, the driver complained that his car began to slow down when the autopilot system sees a Burger King sign. The fast food restaurant decided to use this footage to make a viral Burger King commercial and promotion. Burger King tweeted out the video with the statement, Looks like AI even knows what you're in the mood for. Pull up with your smart car, share a video or picture with hashtag autopilot whopper plus hashtag free whopper and we'll DM you a free whopper code to use when you order on the BK app. Our next story comes from the Washington Post. Privacy experts are raising concerns regarding the coronavirus contact tracing apps not doing enough to protect people's privacy. A number of these apps do not even have the typical type of protections you would see when you're dealing with sensitive health information. According to research from cybersecurity firm GuardSquare, out of 17 Android contact tracing apps from 17 different countries, only one-third had basic encryption software. In addition, some of these apps are providing users information to third parties. These third-party companies can use this information for targeted ads or to track users for other purposes. The International Digital Accountability Council found that eight coronavirus apps used in different countries shared information with third-party companies like Facebook. So why is this story important? It's important not just because of the privacy concerns, but because of these privacy issues, people are less likely to use these tools which makes them less effective. Our third story is about some cyber beef between the United States and China. According to the Washington Post, tensions between the two countries are growing. At an online conference in Denmark, the United States Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, stated that China was pushing disinformation and malicious cyber campaigns to drive a wedge between the United States and Europe. But as Biggie Smalls warns us, Your beef with someone can spill over and impact other people. The Washington Post also reported that these tensions between the United States and China and the potential sanctions on Huawei may impact the UK's ability to use Huawei to build its 5G infrastructure. We will be watching this closely. We can only hope that cooler heads prevail. Because Biggie has told us, this beef stuff, it's played out. We also have some protect your neck news. During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of 
and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cybersecurity incident report rolled all into one. According to Hot for Security and Bitdefender, the FBI has issued warnings about COVID-19 antibody testing scams. Fraudsters are selling non-FDA-approved tests. But the problem isn't just that these tests can give out false results. It's that criminals are using these tests as a way to get personal information from people, including their social security numbers and personal health information. So what can you do to protect yourself? The FBI provides some helpful tips. First, if a test says it's approved by the FDA and you can't verify it, then it's probably not a valid test. If someone claims to perform these tests for cash or the service is being advertised on social media or by email, then that should raise a red flag for you as well. Our next piece of Protect Your Neck news comes from ZDNet. Google has removed 25 Android apps from the Google Play Store that were stealing Facebook credentials from users. These apps have been downloaded more than 2 million times before they were taken down by Google. According to ZDNet, these apps were developed by the same threat group, but posed as step counters, flashlight tools, file managers, and mobile games. The apps contained malicious code and would load a fake Facebook login page to steal users' login information. A full list of these apps are available on ZDNet's website. If you have downloaded any of these apps, please delete the app immediately, then change your password. Please stay safe out there, or as the Wu-Tang Clan tells us, watch your step kid and protect your neck. Our main topic today is a horrifying story from the New York Times. Kashmir Hill, writing for the Times, tells the story of Robert Williams, who was arrested in January of this year by the Detroit Police Department. The arrest took place in his front yard in front of his two young daughters. Mr. Williams was arrested for larceny. He was taken to a Detroit detention center and stayed overnight before being interviewed by detectives. So why did the police arrest Mr. Williams? A local watch store was robbed for over $3,000 worth of watches. The robbery was caught on video and pictures of the theft was ran through the state's facial recognition database. The system would then match the criminal's face and search for similar ones in a collection of 49 million photos. The system then printed out results along with a confidence score. Mr. Williams' driver's license photo was one of the matches. The results were then sent to the Detroit Police Department as an investigative lead report. At the top of the document, it stated that this document is not a positive identification. It is an investigative lead only and is not probable cause for an arrest. However, the report led the police to Mr. Williams and he was arrested. During Mr. Williams' interrogation, the detective showed him pictures of the watch thief and asked him if it was him. The New York Times reported that the pictures that the detective showed Mr. Williams were clearly not him. Mr. Williams was held in custody for 30 hours, despite investigators acknowledging that the pictures did not look like Mr. Williams. The detective even stated, I guess the computer got it wrong. Later that day, Mr. Williams was released on bail and his wife was able to get him help from the Michigan ACLU. At Mr. Williams' arraignment, the prosecutors dismissed Mr. Williams' case, 
but they dismissed his case with prejudice. That means that prosecutors could bring back those same charges against Mr. Williams at another time. Thankfully, following the story by the New York Times, the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office said that Mr. Williams could have his case and his fingerprint data expunged, and the prosecutors even apologized. This story raises issues about facial recognition software that we've talked about repeatedly on this podcast. But the story is also extremely important because while the police department had some safeguards in place, these safeguards appeared to be ignored, resulting in Mr. Williams being arrested. Mr. Williams was fortunate that he was able to get solid legal counsel and that the prosecutors and detectives realized their error. But in the future, someone else could not be so lucky. Our final segment today is our Cybersecurity Awards. This week, I have one award I want to hand out, and it's the Ed Lover Come On Son Award. Ed Lover is a former radio personality and the host of the iconic Yo! MTV rap show. During the early 2010s, Ed Lover created a show around his catchphrase, Come On Son. During the show, Ed Lover would show ridiculous things that people did, and then say, come on, son. A variation of this was adopted, or according to Ed, stolen by ESPN's Randy Moss with Come On Man, where Moss would show horrible plays by players and then say, come on, man. According to the Washington Post, less than half of elementary through high school students are getting any cybersecurity education at school. And schools with lower income students are less likely to be provided training than schools with higher income students. We talked about the workforce shortage in cybersecurity on the show before, and one of the best ways to fill this shortfall is by exposing more people to the cybersecurity field. However, according to a survey by cyber.org, around 45% of schools are teaching a cyber education to students. The numbers are more troubling when looking at school districts that serve low-income communities, Just 33% of students are getting a cybersecurity education in school districts where 75% or more of students come from low-income families. To this, I say, come on, son. We can do better as a country, and we need to do better as a country if we are going to protect ourselves. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see you guys next week.